cremation home on Whitehorse Road. That's from three to five in the afternoon. So you want to be praying for them. And then one of our other members, Mr. C.J. Campbell, 98 years old, uh, was rushed to the ER this morning, about two o'clock in the morning, and has a bleeding ulcer, and they're going to be operating on him today. So uh, we just want to keep all of these before the Lord and and uh, want you to be praying for them. And then just, just an announcement to uh, all of our, our new members and, and all of our guests, whether you've been visiting with us for a while or you're just here for the first time today. Uh, next Sunday, uh, after this service, we'll have a, a fellowship luncheon and it's all for our new church members and our guests. And be up in the social hall at uh, 1215. And uh, we'll be having uh, barbecue and all that goes with that. It's probably going to throw in some chicken strips as well. And uh, for those who want that, and this is a great time of fellowship, really. Just uh, uh, staff will be there with their families and uh, some of the others. And just chat for us to just get to know you a little bit better. You get to know us a little bit better and uh, just have a good uh, time of food and fellowship together in the Lord. So just want to encourage you to, to be a part of that next Sunday. Well, right now we want to get into the Word. So I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles to, <coughs> excuse me, the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, and I want to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture to probably every one of you to some level or degree, but it's uh, where our Lord Jesus is instructing his disciples, therefore us, uh, on what to focus on when we pray. The disciples that ask him, teach us to pray. And so he began to lay out for them the things that he, as the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, thought was extremely important, what we should be focusing on in prayer. And, of course, he began with, uh, we need to focus on worship. We need to focus on exalting our Heavenly Father. Hallowed be thy name. You know the phrase well, I'm sure. And then he said you need to focus on the kingdom. Your kingdom come. And then the Lord's will. He says, you need to focus on our Father's will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he said, focus on your own personal needs. This is the part of this passage that's probably uh, more used than any other, obviously, because we're continually, and it's fine to do that, obviously, to go to the Lord and, and just lay out our heart to him. Here's our needs, whatever those needs might be. And so he says, focus on exalting the Father, on the kingdom, on the will of God being done on here on earth is in heaven, your personal needs. And then he talked about focusing in on sin, the issue of sin, uh, asking for forgiveness when we have sinned and fallen short, and then asking for help in forgiving those that have sinned against us. But then if you look in verse 13, he adds this as part of what we need to be focusing on as followers of his in our prayer life. And he says this in verse 13, he says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now let's, I want to explore that today. I want to look, first of all, at that phrase, and do not lead us into temptation. What that phrase is literally 
instructing us to do is to ask for help and not yielding to temptation. Now, if you're like me, there have been times in my lives that uh, in the heat of a moment, uh, with uh, temptation, the seduction of temptation, you know, beating down upon me, whatever form that was coming in, uh, in that heat of the moment, I would cry out, Lord, help me. Help me be able to uh, not yield to this temptation. Now, unfortunately, here's the reality. If we wait to that point where we're in the, in the heat of the battle, in the heat of the moment, a lot of times we're already too far gone. You know, so we have to come back and, and get that forgiveness. But the wise father of Christ would listen to what Christ is saying here. And really what he's talking about is a preventive maintenance approach to this issue in our life, of temptation in our life. Because here's the reality. The fiery darts of temptation come at us every single day in some form or fashion. It could be, you know, attitude. It could be actions. It could be attitude. It, it, as you know, boy, those fiery darts come from every direction. So instead of waiting into the heat of the moment, a great way to begin every day is to address this up front, praying, Lord, help me not yield to the temptations that come my way through this day. So let me give you a verse here. Uh, if you'll turn with me to uh, Psalms 119, Psalms 119 and, and verse 133, long psalm there, Psalms 119. And if you look with me in verse 133, here is a verse that I use in my life, and it's been very, very helpful for me, one that I seek to use every day as I start every day because I know the reality is of life, and I know that every day there's going to be something come my way, and I'm going to have to make a decision whether I'm going to yield to that or not. So here's, here's a verse you can pray. You might want to memorize it, take it with you, internalize it, uh, because you might need it all throughout the day. But here's what uh, the psalm says, Psalms 119, 133, establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any wrongdoing have power over me. That's a great way to start the day. Uh, first of all, it gets you focused on how you should be living, how we should be living our lives, but it, it focuses in on this reality that temptation is not just here, there, and yonder. It's every day in our life in some form or fashion. And so it's great to pray this, this verse to back to the Lord. Establish my footsteps in your word and do not let any wrongdoing have power over me. And so we need to pray uh, for the Lord to help us up front at the very beginning. You know it's coming. Help me deal and be victorious over the temptations that come my way today. But we go back to our text here, and uh, the Lord Jesus said not only to pray, do not lead us into temptation, but then he adds this, and this, is, this may be the main focus of our thoughts this morning. He says, but also pray, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Now, the evil here represents everything. Listen carefully. 
everything and everyone that Satan and his kingdom of darkness is going to use to come against you as a child of God. Everything that he's using, obviously, yes, those who have not come to know Christ, that don't have any relationship with God yet, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about us as followers of Christ. Everything and everyone that Satan, the evil one, and his kingdom of darkness is going to use to come against us every single day of our life. He has a goat. We are instructed by the Lord through the apostle Peter. You probably remember this passage where he says, look, you gotta be alert. Every day, you gotta be alert. Why? Because you have an adversary, the evil one, Satan, with all of his kingdom of darkness, everything and everyone that he is using, he's seeking to devour you. When? Today. When? Tomorrow. The next day. That's his go. He's roaming across the face of the earth and he's looking for anyone and everyone he can devour. And so Jesus said, look, you got to recognize the world you're living in. What kind of world are we living in? Well, it's a fallen world. It is sin-infested, it is God-forsaken, and it's an evil world. Now, folks, I'm an optimist, but even a true optimist has to also be a realist, and especially when it comes to the declaration of the Word of God. Do I have a witness on that? And the Scripture very clearly teaches us that we're living in a sin-infected, God-forsaken, evil, evil world, and so we have to be prepared day in and day out for the reality of that. So when I look at this and I begin to think, I was looking at, uh, at it this week and I began to think, deliver us from evil. And I had to ask myself, how many times have I prayed that? Well, I was convicted. Here we have a list of very specific things. We call it the Lord's Prayer. We memorize it maybe, we quote it back when we're with a group or whatever in those situations and never really think of the significance. This is the Son of God. He's answering a question. The disciples said, look, what do we need to be praying about? He said, all right, let's focus on this thing. Exalt your heavenly Father. Let's deal with the kingdom. Let's deal with his will being done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Deal with your personal needs. Deal with this issue of sin in your life and forgiving those who sin. But don't forget to focus on the reality of you're going to be tempted and you're living in an evil world that is seeking to devour. Here's what Satan wants to do in my life. Not only my life, but your life. He wants to distract you from the will of God. He wants to discourage you in terms of your faith in God. He wants to defeat you in everything you want to try to do for God. And ultimately, he wants to destroy your testimony of your relationship with God. And this is reality. And I began to think about that. <laughs> and here is the Lord Jesus said, hey, you need to focus here and I had to come under, I mean, I came under conviction truly in my own life and thinking, boy, I mean, yes, I have prayed that at times, but generally it's when I'm in the heat of the battle, when all of a sudden it's in my face, 
and I'm in a struggle. I'm in a wrestling match dealing with my adversary, and now I'm calling out. Well, praise God, he hears then too. But Jesus is teaching us that we need to start each day. We need to realize each day this is coming. So I don't know about you. I mean, I don't know what's in your heart. I know what's in my heart. My heart is the heart of Joshua. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Knowing that to be true, then I want to learn how to pray this prayer, and I'm going to put it in this, these terms. Praying for the, for the Lord's hedge of protection in my life and in my family. Praying for the Lord's hedge of protection in my life and in my family. I want you to turn with me for just a moment here and hold your place there because we'll come back to it, to Psalms 91. Psalms 91, and uh, I, I want to read the first four verses just just to kind of give you a concept of what we're talking about here, the Lord being our place of refuge, the Lord being our fortress, the Lord being our shelter, uh, this hedge of protection around us and our families. Here's how the psalm reads, first four verses. It starts off as saying, one who dwells in the shelter, place of protection in the shelter of the Most High referring, of course, to the Most High God. We'll lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Watch this. For it is he who rescues you from the net of the trapper. The net of the trapper. For us, what we're talking about, we're talking about Satan and his kingdom of darkness, and everything, listen, I want you to get this, everything and everyone that's in our lives that he uses to seek to trap us, that he can discourage us, that he can distract us, that he can defeat us, by which he can destroy our testimony of our relationship with him. He says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who rescues from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may take refuge. Watch this. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall, a hedge of protection. On one occasion, Satan was trying to uh, call God out. It's in the book of Job. And uh, he was complaining to God, Satan was, about his servant Job. And he, here's what he, here's was his complaint to the Lord. Job chapter 1, verse 10. Satan says to the Lord, have you not made a fence around him and his house? Have you not put a wall? Have you not put a hedge of protection around him? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? Have you, uh, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. In other words, says, it, Satan was saying, look, you not only have personally blessed him, but you're protecting him from every direction. You got this wall, you got this hedge of protection around him. In other words, saying, I can't get to him. 
I can't do what I want to do. As Satan seeking to obviously destroy. So there is something very important about this reality of God building a hedge of protection around us and around our families, our homes, even the body of Christ here. And so if that speaks to your heart like it was speaking to my heart this week, I I want you to consider three realities that are part of this whole idea and importance of truth of praying for a hedge of protection, the Lord's hedge of protection around us. First of all this, we secure... We secure his presence through praise. Listen to me carefully. We secure his presence through praise. Let me give you Psalms uh, 22 and in verse 3. Just listen to this very carefully. Psalms 22 and in verse 3. David is describing God and he says, Yet you are holy. You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, focus on that word, enthroned. That that word literally means you inhabit. It, It means that you personally enter in and dwell in the praises of your people when they're praising you, when they're exalting you, when they're worshiping you, when when they were they're speaking words of praise. David says, you personally enter and dwell with them. Now, let's talk about God's presence for a moment. First of all, we have what we call God's divine presence, his divine presence. That's just the theological term is that God is omnipresent. What does that mean? You don't have to look him up. You don't have to go find him. Why? He's right by your side. I mean, he's here. There's nowhere you can go in this universe, any facet of this universe, that you can go and you're not immediately right there in the very presence of God because he's omnipresent. And in Psalms 139, David is just overwhelmed at this reality and he begins to lay out all these. If I go here, if I go there, if I go over here, you're always there, Lord. He said, even if, I'm like, even if I go to Sheol, you're there. And so we all have this reality of always being in the divine presence of God, which is why I can say to you, no matter where you are, at any time, any place, about anything, you can immediately enter into the throne of grace and lay your heart out to him. As awesome it is to do it with other brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, gathering around, holding hands or whatever on your knees and praying, all that is awesome. And even as we come as the body of Christ, it's awesome that you can be anywhere. Uh, that's why I can, I can have my time with the Lord in my sanctuary on wheels. It's just me and him. It doesn't matter where I am. And what it is, it's because of his divine presence. But what David's talking about in Psalms 22, 3 here is what we call his dynamic presence. 
That's when he inhabits. That's when God is, God takes action to enter in and dwell with those who are praising him. It's praising, and you can, when this happens, these are times where you just know the Lord is there. I mean, you just feel his presence. Sometimes it's here in worship. Sometimes it's in our devotion time. Sometimes, sometimes it happens in the middle of a restaurant. Kathy and I this week uh, were uh, at the Re- Senior Adult Refresh Conference all week. Had a great time. And we found in Myrtle Beach an incredible place to eat. Now, you probably have never heard of it because you got to Google it to find it. And it's called uh, Simply Southern Barbecue. Absolutely awesome. A little nugget that God placed somewhere hidden in Myrtle Beach. It was so good we went back twice there to eat. And so we're eating lunch one day and they it's a buffet, all you can eat. So the waiters and waitresses were, you know, they come around, they, they take your plate. In fact, if you turn your head, it's gone. But so you get another plate so you can get more. You know, it's all you can eat. Well, one of those waiters there was a young uh, black man, and you just knew just by observation, the guy had, had a sweet spirit, and was just something about him, and we're sitting there eating lunch, and he just broke out in praise. I mean, singing, and uh, singing this, this song, oh, what was the song, Debbie? You remember? What? Oh, yeah, all the praise to God. I can't remember the exact title of it, but it was, let me tell you, he, he lit that place up. And if he didn't lit everybody up, everybody at my table with Mark and Debbie and all the others, I mean, food was not on our mind anymore, right? It was awesome because you, you just knew the presence of the Lord was there. Well, then the other night, we also had a gospel group come in and sing and uh, singing good old gospel music that I grew up with, and we could feel the presence of the Lord again. Here's the point. There is the divine presence of God, but there is this dynamic presence that, br- that we bring into our lives when our, listen, listen, when our hearts are filled with praise, when our minds are filled with praise, when our soul is filled with, with on our lips, there is praise. There is worship. And that secures the dynamic presence of God in our lives. Let, let me give you a couple of verses here, then we move on from there uh, because of time. But uh, Hebrews chapter, chapter 13 and in verse 15, Hebrews 13, verse 15, uh, the scripture says, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips, praising his name. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say that we have to be thankful for everything that comes into our lives, but we are to, make, listen to this, maintain an attitude 
attitude of gratitude. The greatest expression of faith and trust in God is to maintain the level of attitude of gratitude you have is a great measure of how much you truly trust, have faith in the Lord. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, you know this well. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Everything in prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So we secure his presence, his dynamic presence in our lives daily through praise, through praise. An attitude of gratitude. Secondly, we secure the promises of God through love, through love. Psalms 91, let's go back there. Psalms 91, verses 14 and 15. It begins with a prerequisite, and then that prerequisite is followed by a list of promises that God makes because of the prerequisite. Watch this. He simply says this, because he has loved me. This is God speaking. God says, because he has loved me. And then he begins to make all these promises. I will save him. I will set him securely on, the, on high because he's known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. I can add verse 16, I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Why? Because he loves me. It's so easy to say, I love the Lord. That's easy to say. But see, the Lord knows exactly how much I really love him. Not how much I want you to think I love him. But he knows how much I truly love him or how much you truly love him. Here's scripture, Psalms 27. And I want to look at verses 4 and 5 as we talk about this. Psalms 27 verses 4 and five, David writes this. Now listen carefully to what he's saying in verse four because he's sharing his heart with you. He says, one thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to meditate in his temple. So what is he saying? Well, he's revealing to you how much he loves the Lord. So how do you know that? Because he wants to be with him. I want to be in your house. I want to 
meditate on your awesomeness. I want to be with you. When I was introduced to Kathy back at the University of South Carolina and we began dating, I began to fall in love with her. What did that mean? There was a lot of things I stopped doing. I'm not talking about bad things. Just that my life was filled. You had school, you had football, you had all this going on. Look, I just started jettisoning a lot of stuff. Why? Because I wanted to spend as much time with the one I was in love with that I possibly could. See, that's the measure. That's really the measure of our love. Is that we want to, there's a want to in our heart to be with the one we love. And I fell in love with her. And so all of a sudden, all my, my buddies, you know, they want to go, let's go do this and let's go do that. Let's, nope, I'm going to her house because I want to be with her. You guys, you're all right, but I'm in love with her. And outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, she is still obviously the love of my life. And so I want to be with her. David is saying, Lord, I want to be with you. So we can say, oh, Lord God, I love you. You can tell, yes, I love the Lord. But the question is, how much time do you spend with him? Because when you love somebody, you want to have that personal time with them. So he says in verse 5, for on the day of trouble, watch this, on the day of trouble he will conceal me in his tabernacle. See the connection here? He will, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. He will hide me in the secret place of his tent and he will lift me on a rock. What does he mean by tent? Well, in war, David would go with the army to war. The one time he didn't go was a bad decision, if you know the story. But when they were at war, he would go with the army and in the middle of the camp would be what was called the royal tent. That's where the king was. That's where David would be. And uh, surrounding that tent would be the, the rest of the army of Israel, totally surrounding that tent. And then close to, to the tent itself would be the best of the best of his warriors protecting the tent as the others were protecting the camp in the tent tent as well. Here's what David's saying. Hey, you bring me, Lord, King of Kings, into your tent, your royal tent, in that secret place, the most safe place I could possibly be, your tent surrounded by all the angelic hosts of heaven. Why? Because you know, you know I love you. You know, I truly, truly love you, Lord, and I want to be with you. So we secure his presence, that dynamic presence, through praise. We secure his promises 
through love, we secure his protection through petition. Proverbs chapter 18 and in verse 10. Scripture says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And just use your creative, sanctified creative mind right now and just think of this, this tower, this place of safety. The name of the Lord is the strong tower. A tower, strong meaning omnipotent tower. God, right? The name of the Lord is strong tower. And then it says, the righteous runs into it and is safe. Notice who takes the initiative here. It's the one who runs into the tower. I can stand by the tower all I want, but the tower is of no help to me unless I take the initiative and I run into the tower. In our case, what we're talking about is calling upon the Lord, crying out to him, lifting up our petition, Lord God, I want you to protect. I wanna, I'm asking you for that hedge of protection around me and my family. And when I talk about my family, of course, you know I'm talking about my, my wonderful wife, Kathy. I'm talking about all of my children and, and all of their spouses and all my grandchildren. Lord God, I, I see this world. I see the prophetic direction this world is going, and I want your awesome, omnipotent protection upon me, my marriage, my children, my grandchildren. If the Lord tarries, it just, my mind sometimes explodes thinking what they're going to have to deal with. Right? If the world continues to go the direction, and it very well could be, because if this is God's prophetic calendar taking place in front of us, it's going to happen. And I want all the protection of my Lord, my high tower, for me, my marriage, my family, everybody involved, and my church. So this is my prayer. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, knowing, as the scripture says in Second Chronicles 16.9, Lord, is continuously looking to and fro. His eyes are on you every day. What's he looking for? Those 
whose hearts are truly his, for what reason? That he might show himself mighty or strongly support, which means show himself mighty on their behalf. It is my my earnest desire, my hope for, for all of us here, that we just don't let this word this morning just slide on through. Please don't let it slide on through. If, if our Lord and Savior said, instructed his disciples, that means instructing us, hey, you need to focus on this. This ought to be part of your daily prayer life. Then how can we just shove it to the side? It's that incredibly important. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I got to give you the same opportunity that the Lord gave me to come before him about this and redirect my heart. So I'm opening up, obviously, this altar for you right now. Let me tell you, if God has spoken to your heart about this, I I just want to invite you, encourage you to just come to this altar and say, Lord God, starting today, this, this is my prayer. Because I want you to know that Satan and his kingdom of darkness, they do not take a day off. They don't have a bye week, right? It's every day, it's 24-7. And there are those here who can testify to it right now. You're dealing with it right now. So just bow your heads and close your eyes in the spirit of prayer, but come. If you need me to pray with you, I'm here. I'll always be here. But if you just want to come with your wife, with your family, just come yourself. Come and say, Lord, today this will be the focus. Lead me not in temptation, but deliver me from evil.
Lord God, I just pray that your countenance will shine upon all that are here and you would give them peace. That you would look upon them with your face. With your arms open wide, ready to hear every word, every request, every praise, every thanksgiving, every petition that they bring before you, knowing you're a mighty God who hears and answers prayer. And we thank you for that.